So, today I'm here with Mrs. Wickham, my instructor at Hilliards, and we're going to be talking about how substance abuse leads to other global issues. So, my first question for you is, how have you seen or heard of substance abuse in the healthcare setting? Well, we see it among patients, but we also see it among providers as well, Mm -hmm. um, whether they're nurses or doctors. um, And um, because of the access that they have to substances, um, it it leads to quite a bit of that amongst healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the main mistake a caregiver could make that would enable a patient or resident to abuse a substance? As far as the caregiver... Um, probably um, enabling more than anything. Um, We see a lot of pain medication given, and sometimes it's given before the patient asks for it Mm -hmm. because the family thinks it's scheduled or they want it to be scheduled, and we're we're doing it based on um, pain scales rather than Mm -hmm. set doses. Um, And I think think people don't want to except that maybe a person is addicted. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think there should be stricter regulations on how the substances are stored in care facilities? Um, I think they're pretty... I mean, to me at this point, and my experience with it, um, it's it's pretty tough um, to get to it unless you actually physically break into either a med cart or a, a... med uh, distributing machine, mm-hmm. Apixis. Um, and my experience is that, that anytime you're giving um, a controlled substance, two nurses have to sign off on it mm-hmm. um, and witness it being given. Right. So, um, but people are dishonest. Yeah. So that's, that's mm-hmm. really leads to it more than the processes in place. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that's kind of my perspective right sometimes when I'm in the recovery room after the patient has gone there's still like a little bottle of medication on their desk and I take it to the biohazard room but I've noticed I was like I've always had to ask my tech like hey there's still medicine over there like what do you want me to do with it and she's always very quick to say make sure you if you see it ask the nurse if they're done with it because sometimes there's some left some left yeah and they don't want to waste it but like they're very Good, good at, at making, making sure, sure right and so yeah out. and meds shouldn't be left at the bedside mm-hmm. ever um, right. if you're giving them as the nurse or med tech you should give it watch them take it if it's an oral medication mm-hmm. make sure they swallow it um and i've even had residents in one of my in my facilities that will will cheek a medication and they'll not take it or they'll save it and then let they'll, it until they get a get bigger, bigger dosage. dose and then gotcha. use it so you have to be careful wow. about those things Wow. Okay. So leading into the next few questions, do you personally support the legalization of medical marijuana? Uh, Medical marijuana to me is okay as long as we're taking the um, component that causes hallucinations Mm -hmm. and the so-called high that people get from using marijuana. Um, I, it gets a little fuzzy for me when we're talking about like a terminal patient Mm -hmm whose um, life expectancy is very short, do we let them smoke it? Because, you know, addiction at this point is not an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm okay with that. But if we're using medications long-term for people who do not have terminal illnesses, 
um, as long as we're taking that hallucinogenic and that and that's the addictive part of it out mm. the um, THC. then I, the THC then I'm I'm fine with that mm-hmm. do you think that the excessive use of marijuana could lead to the temptation to try or abuse a different substance for a better high yes and um, most people that I know that have had drug addiction problems and I have family members that have um, started by smoking pot mm-hmm. and alcohol and mm-hmm. then when that wasn't enough they moved on yeah um, and there's a very interesting article in a in a uh, publication called Imprimis, and I'll I'll try to find a copy of it for you um, that the use of marijuana um, over long periods of time also leads to mental health issues yeah. as far as schizophrenia and other types of mm-hmm. issues um, that nobody really wants to accept or right. look at. Um, but but the research is there and points yeah. to that. that <clears throat> we have to have a personal anecdote for this whole project. And the reason I'm doing this and I was like passionate about it is because someone in my family um, personally sought out for mental health problems and um, it turned into a court case eventually, and the judge and the guardian or litem or whatever, the prosecuting attorney, they ran a drug test, and they said, we can't give you this disability and this off and take this off of your charges because all these mental health issues that you're having are caused by these medications that you're on. Um, and I thought it was very interesting because, like, Whoa, I'm going to have to edit this a lot. <laughs> I don't know how to edit. But um, I just thought it was really interesting because they started with medical marijuana and then they went to Xanax and then they were mixing them all together and then they started taking medications for the problems that those complications were causing and it just became a big mess and then they became addicted and had to go to a rehab mm-hmm. facility. And so I was like, wow, like that happened within a year. Wow. that's that's um, To me, that's short term too. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not even long-term use. And they, this family member of mine was going to different doctors and seeing which ones that didn't know them very well would what, give them, would what, give they them what they want. And it was sad to see because she was spending her money on pills and doctor's appointments instead of on the things that she needed to focus on. And she had to downgrade her house because she couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. So I was like... Mm. That happened so quickly, mm-hmm. all because, you know, she wanted a better high from the from mental the, illness, but right. the mental illness was caused, caused from yeah. all that other and stuff. And it's just this big circle, mm-hmm. catch-22 right. kind of thing. And so that's what I was, like, asking about because, you mm-hmm. know, it leads off into all these other things. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you think it's a good idea to put an age limit on when you can start using medical marijuana? Um. I don't know enough about the effects of it over long term to really say. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that the earlier that somebody is using it, the more effects it's going to have long term because the body is still developing. Mm-hmm. And so my guess is that would be the case, but I'm not that familiar with that right. and it, part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It hasn't been like accepted for so long, so we don't have that we data. We don't have a lot of data to, right. to even look at at this point. So. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think substance abuse could ever go away completely? Why or why not? I doubt it because people use it for lots of things. And, Mm. and it's also, um, it's a, it's an illness just like diabetes and heart disease and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Because you can take two people and they can ingest the same substance and one 
they won't be able to stop and one will be like, eh, not for me and move on. Mm -hmm. And so um, that in itself shows that it is a chemical problem people have within them. And so that's what we need to do is we need to treat it as such Mm -hmm. and provide treatment for people with that problem rather than right now we deal with it in the criminal side Mm -hmm. and we penalize people for it um, instead of treating it. Right. So I like what you said there, because this next question talks about, do you think this global issue leads to other issues such as crime, poverty, child abuse, broken families, and unemployment? Right. Well, because when you're addicted to something, you're desperate to get it and Mm -hmm. you'll do whatever you have to do to get it, Mm -hmm. which is going to cause you to commit crimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're under the influence of drugs, you are more likely to, um, be abusive as a parent or spouse mm-hmm. um, or family member, whatever, because you, you're going to have people that are going to have uncontrolled emotions right. and all of that going on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like, I've seen people who are just in denial and they don't want to admit, like, how far down they've gone, and that's why they don't want to reach out for help mm-hmm. Absolutely. a lot of times. Absolutely. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm going to get to the most important questions because we're kind of crunched for time. Do you think the quality of life changes after an addict has recovered from addiction? Oh, absolutely. It's all, it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it with uh, family members of my own um, that, you know, everything turns around because now they're able to maintain relationships mm-hmm. and maintain jobs and that goes back to that whole poverty and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're dealing with addiction and you're not recovered, you can't maintain employment. Mm-hmm. You can't do the functions of life that are going to make it um, right. enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So definitely. And at that point, you know, when someone loses their job, it's it's quite a temptation because you want to make money, but you also want to stay rooted in your addiction. That kind of leads to the whole drug industry. Mm-hmm. And that is also a huge issue. Um Hmm. Do you think this global issue? <laughs> um, how have you personally experienced or know of substance abuse impacting families or causing broken homes? Well, I've, I have a, um, a nephew, um, and fortunately he um, was not married at the time. He was single and fairly young, mm-hmm. and so he was able to get into recovery, and he's been recovered like seven years now. And actually now he is a substance abuse counselor licensed in the oh, state wow. of Texas, and he also has his master's degree in um, health uh, administration, and he works for a company that owns many um, substance abuse um, outpatient um, facilities. Um, and I've had residents that um, have used drugs and it, it led to schizophrenia and those kinds of things and they became unable to live independently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of ostracized them from their families. Um, and so then they don't have that family support anymore or those relationships kind of go away and mm-hmm. disappear. Yeah. So that's very sad to to witness. Right. If we were to sort of want to really work together as a nation or just as a the world, if we wanted to come together to take on a lot of these huge substance abuse issues or even just global issues as a whole, do you think tackling substance abuse first would help kind of break down all the other issues as we go? 
I think so because you would you would um, diminish the demand for it, mm-hmm. and because you know the drug industry is based on the fact that it's a money maker for the people at the top, mm-hmm. um, and so if we can if we can take away the demand for it, mm-hmm. um, it will make it less profitable for those people at the top that are making money by manufacturing, growing, distributing drugs. Yeah. I mean, it's an industry and it's a way people make money. Mm -hmm. So as far as, you know, the issue of unemployment, it takes away good jobs, but it also creates jobs in a way that we don't want. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm, What's one last quick question I could ask you very quickly to finish up here? Um, Hmm. How does substance abuse in a workplace or a company affect the environment? Um, well, people are unable to do their jobs effectively. Right. Um, I've had people come um, to my facility to work, and they are under the influence, and they can't perform their job. And mm-hmm. I've had to have them go do a drug and urine, you know, drop a UA. And mm-hmm. um, so it, it affects people's ability to, to do their job when they're there. And then if they're in a long-term addiction situation, um, sometimes they're hungover, so to speak, and they can't make it to work. Mm-hmm. And then they need money to buy drugs, so they're, you know, they want to work, but then they can't perform their job duties. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a vicious cycle. Right. And then eventually they lose their job because mm-hmm. they can't maintain performance and I know when we think substance abuse alcohol is not like the biggest thing that we think about but when you really think about it you don't hear about people getting in car crash and killing a family of four when they're high but you know that's a very common thing to hear when someone's under the influence of alcoholic substances so um as far as like a policy thesis or a claim of policy um I was talking about how I think we should maybe lower uh, or raise the drinking age because we're not mentally fully developed until we're 25. Um, what would you say to that idea? I I like it because it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is going to affect your development, mm-hmm. especially if you're um, using on a regular basis, yeah. um, whatever that substance is, and that includes alcohol. And probably the thing with alcohol is that it's legal, Right. Um, so it's very accessible. So I think we have more of an alcohol problem than people realize. Um, and um, the other thing that came to my mind when you talked about the, the car crash, when we, we can tell when someone's under the influence of alcohol because we can do the breathalyzer test and we can measure it. Mm-hmm. But when someone's high, whether it's pot, cocaine, whatever, mm-hmm. We can test their blood, and but they're going to have that in their blood when they're not high. Right. So how do we measure if they're high or not? When you know, when an incident when, when an incident happens, we have to go based on, um, you know, subjective information. What I see, um, but it's it's what I you know it's what I see. I can't objectively measure how mm-hmm. high yeah. somebody is. I can say they were so stoned they couldn't even hold their head up, well, yeah. but I can't write a number down that mm-hmm. says, okay, if you're this number, you're not high, but if mm-hmm. you're this number, you are. Right. And that's a real problem I see with drug and, yeah. and 
the whole legal issues Mm -hmm. with it. And putting that into perspective, I mean, when we're prescribing someone something, depending on their body weight and their tolerance, you know, how do we know how much to give them Mm -hmm. that's a safe amount? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. those are all factors and things that we, you know, still Mm -hmm. struggle with. Well, that's probably all we're going to have time for this morning, but thank you for your time and your perspective from the healthcare. You are so welcome. Thank you.